Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to another episode of Equal Play. This week, I'm so pumped to have a champion on every level joining us, a two-time NCAA champion, WNBA champion, and Olympic gold medalist, Stephanie Dolson joins us. Steph, thanks so much for, for coming on. Thanks for having me. First things first, a lot of your teammates are overseas, and we all know that you are not right now. So tell me how uh, the offseason has been treating you and, and taking this time off it's obviously much needed after the year that you've had. Yeah. Uh, I just have been spending a lot of time with my family. Uh, for me, although I enjoy playing basketball, obviously I wouldn't be, you know, playing professionally if I didn't, uh, I'm not always a big fan of overseas. I'm not exactly, uh, sometimes seen as an overseas player because, you know, you go overseas and you look to just score like 40 points a game. And I'm more yeah. about, you know, moving the ball and stuff. So I don't necessarily enjoy all overseas basketball, Um, so for me, just, you know, staying home is more of a focus of spending time with family, um, and just kind of getting better at my own game. You know, you never want to stay complacent with where you are. So, uh, yeah, I've been doing that and just kind of training, um, taking a little time off, but then still, still training, still working out. Yeah. So a couple questions off of that, you know, burnout (laughs) is something that no matter what industry we're in, like we've all experienced on some level. And I think sometimes like fans of professional athletes or professional sports in general, see you all as these like unrelatable figures that, that aren't experiencing the same shit we experience. And so for you is burnout, something that like you combat by, taking time to stay over here, you know, not going overseas or, or does burnout not have anything to do with it? Yeah, no, it definitely has a little bit. I mean, my first few years uh, that I played like right after I graduated college, you know, then you go straight into the WNBA season, then you go straight into overseas season and then right back to the WNBA. So my first few years um, I did everything back to back, which a lot of players do. Um, and I definitely kind of felt that I felt that need to like, be with family, you know, do kind of normal life things. Um, so for me, I think now that I'm older, like it's not necessarily just about, you know, the money or, or being overseas. It's like, I just want to enjoy what I'm doing. So if that means taking a month or two offs every year, um, to make sure that every time I'm playing basketball, I'm giving it 110% and I'm enjoying every like minute of it, then I'll, I'm always willing to kind of, um, do that. You know, there's pros and cons to everything. So. Yeah. One of those cons, I don't want to speak for you, but I'm curious is, you know, the sacrifice of, of the money that you can make overseas. It's no secret that a lot of players in the W supplement, obviously their income, but in fact, make more money overseas. So how much do you contemplate that when you're making a decision like that? And how also 
do you balance that out of making sure you you have projects going on off the court here maybe that supplement your your WNBA income or are you not concerned with it at all? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a balance. Um, I think each year is different. Each year has brought different journeys. So like this year with the Olympics, um, that took up a lot of my time um, during the season and, and uh, during the off season. So for me, this year was... I don't want to say it was just, I don't want to say it wasn't about money, but it wasn't, you know, this year I wasn't like, my main focus was not in the off season. I need to get as much money as I can. It was really spending time with my family because I did take up so much of my off season last year of being in Chicago, being at every USA basketball camp, like doing so much for my career because I knew the Olympics were coming, Uh um, that I kind of took that time away from myself and my family. So for me, it is a balance. You have to pick, do you want money? Do you want a great situation overseas? Do you not care about money and want to stay home? And like you said, figure other things out. So it's always a choice, but every year it's kind of a different, you know, you make a choice for a different reason. The season started and obviously a championship was the goal. And when, when the sky signed Candace, it, it was even more so in, in the public eye of like, okay, that they're going for this championship. They're trying for this championship season, but you also were, were going for gold as an Olympian and you were doing those like simultaneously. And we talked a lot throughout the season, obviously. Um, and, and during your time, overseas competing with the team USA, but now reflecting back on that, how much did it take mentally, physically, everything from traveling back and forth to competing in two different styles of, of the game, looking back on that, how much did it actually take out of you going through this year? Um, I mean, I don't really think about it that much, but I feel like I don't think it took too much out of me. I think my, the biggest thing for me was like missing time with the Chicago team. So uh-huh. like, um, I knew why I was leaving, but it never made it easier. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, it feels weird when you leave a team for at first it was like, um, well, both times, I guess it was about two weeks. Right. So like even going into the season, you know, when James found out that I could possibly be missing two weeks, it was like, ouch. You know, I felt like I felt bad that I had to do that. Yeah. What kind of conversation did you have with him? Did, did he like have to okay that? Did he right away? Okay. That like, how did that go with him? Yeah. yeah. It was just like a, um, you know, we as players, uh, in the USA pool for three on three, we had to reach out to our coaches and our GMs and stuff and just have a conversation. Like, listen, here's the deal in order to make the Olympics, we have to go to this qualifying tournament and we have to win. So obviously we want the best people there to do that. Right. Um, but we could miss a couple weeks and it was kind of like a, how do you feel? But also like, you can't really say no. You know right. I mean? It's, it's like, kind of like in a relationship, like, Hey, I have to go do this and you have to support me even if yeah. you're kind of upset with it. Exactly. And so, but James was really cool. I mean, he honestly was like, you know, do I want to say yes? No. Cause I don't want you to leave, but I'm, I can't say no to that because it's for USA basketball and it's the chance to go to the Olympics. So, right. <clears throat> and it only happened because of the COVID year. Like obviously if COVID hadn't happened and 
everything went the way it was supposed to, I wouldn't have missed any season. You right. know what I mean? So, so yeah, that's how that conversation went. It was fine. James took it like a <laughs> champ. Um, but then, so the biggest thing for me was just missing time with Chicago. It's like, I leave and then I come back and it's like, how do I feel? You know, I feel like a little, um, not separate, but you know, a little disconnected because now yeah. I've missed two weeks of, of games and I'm watching as much as I can, but I'm not there. And then when the Olympics happen, I leave and I miss two weeks of practice. So it's like, you know, every time I came back, I just felt a little bit disconnected. So I had to kind of get that time back. Um, but I really feel like that was the biggest or the hardest thing that I had to go through. Otherwise, you know, travel, whatever. We're all used to that. Correct me if I'm wrong. And this is like my outside <clears throat> assessment of you as a player, but you very much seem like the, the glue or, or the player that thrives off of connection. Like you seem like the player that, that yeah, thrives in those moments of togetherness and, and it creates them in fact for the team. So how, when you say that that was what you were missing, that was the biggest challenge of, of being away. How did you come back and create that and reestablish it and then have to leave again and reestablish it? Yeah. Um, I think the best thing that I did was like stay connected while I was gone or like tried to as much as I could with mainly Slut and Allie. Yeah. Um, a few years ago, the two of them and I didn't have like the friendship that we have now. Uh -huh. So I think if something like this had happened years ago, I'm not sure it would have went as easily. Uh -huh. um, so I think for me, yeah, it was just like making sure that I tried to stay as connected as I could. Like sometimes when I was at the Olympics, like I wouldn't even answer group texts. You know what I mean? Like they're texting about something. And I'd look at it and I'd be like, damn, like, I'm really sad that I'm not there right now. Yeah. But then there'd be other times where I'm like, all right, Steph, like if they're not talking about something specific, you know, that they're doing, it's just like, whatever yeah. I would chime in, you know? So I, I tried to stay as connected as I could. So I didn't feel separate. Um, that way when I did come back, I like, whether it was, I knew what was going on or, or, you know what I mean? Like I always got the download from Slew and Alley about like, anything that was happening. Again, this season brought so much um, accomplishment for you with Team USA, with the Chicago Sky. And I wonder, like those two, the gold medal aside and the championship aside, what was the most rewarding aspect of this year? Like if you couldn't pick those two specific moments, what about this year was so rewarding for you? Um... I don't know. I feel like for me, it's really just the fact that I did both of them, you know what I mean? And, and played a big part in both of them. Um, I feel like when it comes to the Olympic thing, I've been doing that. I've been trying for that my whole life. You know, I've constantly gone to every USA camp. Like I don't think I've ever missed one. Um, and to get that chance to finally win, it's like, and there's only four of us. Like I had a really big role in getting us to that. And then having the like qualifiers was made it even more special. Cause it wasn't like the team before us won. So we just got to go to the Olympics. Like we right. earned everything that we got when it came to the Olympics. Right. Um, and I did that, you know what I mean? Like I had a part in that. So, um, but then it's also the same with the, the Chicago sky. It's like, I have worked really hard to, to be my best self for them this season. Um, anything James had, had asked of me, I did. Um, and didn't complain about it. So it's like, I feel like I was just really professional in the way that I approached the season. 
And so to get to the point of, of having the chance to win a championship and then helping the team win the championship, like I just, yeah, I feel like just both of them are, you know, the reasons I don't think it's anything else. Just like the fact that I actually did them. Cause a lot of people don't can't say that. <laughs> right. And the fact that both were, were historic in their own way, like the three on three gold was the first ever, this was the first ever title for this guy. There was so much historic greatness in each accomplishment that, you know, I mean, I'm no professional athlete, but I imagine that that's something that, you know, holds a special place in your heart. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I usually don't, you know, <laughs> say or think like that, but it, it does. It, it is. Yeah. I feel like every time I'm interviewing you or talking to you about something, you're, you're always talking about how you don't think of it that seriously. <laughs> I don't let myself, I don't let myself. Cause for me, it's like, it's like when I work out, I make nine out of 10 shots. I'm like, someone's like, Oh, wow. Great job. Right. I'm like, mm, okay, but I should have made 10. You're so like your like, toughest critic. Yeah. So for me, I mean, it's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I'm very proud of myself, but like, I don't know. I just feel like, I feel like I should have done these things and I should have done them sooner. So now that I've done them, what am I going to do next? Like, you know what I mean? I'm never really like complacent with what I've done. So I don't really, I don't get too excited. I, I'm a very much a not, you know, too high, too low person because I get really high and I can get really low. So I just try to stay in the middle. In the middle. Who yeah. in your life helps level you out that way? Because again, like everybody I've had on this podcast, I never try to harp too much on, on the sport or like, but we can all learn from each other in so many different ways, whether we're professional athletes, coaches, whatever the case is. And that's something that every human experiences are the super highs, highs, the super low lows and trying to maintain that balance and also mm -hmm. always trying to strive for more. So who do you lean on, I guess, for, for that direction or, or that ability to like check yourself and, and maintain level? No one. You, I, I do it. I, if anything, everyone tells me the opposite. You know what I mean? I like work. I could walk into a workout with a trainer and I'm like, hi, I'm like, I'm so nervous to be here. Yeah. And they'll just be like, why? Like you just won a championship and a gold medal. Like you should walk into a gym. Like you're the baddest person in there. Right. So I'm like, I'm really the one who just like, I think I've just grown up like that. Like it's just a, whether it's a confidence thing or like a, just, I don't know. I don't like people that walk into a room who think they're the best person who's ever walked this earth. So then I try to do the opposite. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So I just think it's the way I was raised, honestly. You know, one of the, I think funniest moments that came out of the three on three was the post gold medal TikTok that y'all posted and just, just pure gold pun intended. Whose idea was that to come up with that TikTok? mine of course. of course of course i had it waiting i was waiting for it i had the i had the tiktok saved i knew exactly what i wanted to do i knew i directed it everything I had to make sure it was perfect so before you guys even won the gold medal were you like okay when we win this is what we're going to do or did you just say it afterwards i oh i did it after because when we did the qualifiers um was there one before that i think we did a tiktok at one of the camps uh-huh uh, but USA basketball wanted us to do it. So like, that was just like, whatever. But then when we did the qualifiers, I had already been looking through and I found a couple that I was like, I like these. So after we won, someone was like, Oh, we should do a TikTok," And I was like, 
I actually have a great idea for us. And then, so after that, I, you know, searched again, I found one, but I didn't say it until we won. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I don't jinx things. Right. Is jinxing, is jinxing like a big factor in your mind? No, reverse psychology is. Okay. Yeah. So I go into everything. I'm like, "Mm, we're probably going to lose. So when we win, I'm very happy. Right. It's like, um, right. You play out the lowest scenario. I actually talked about this with someone recently and they're like, that's super fucked up that you play out like the worst case scenario before you play out the successful scenario. But I understand. So you kind of mentioned it in one of your previous answers, but divine timing seems like it was a big factor in this year of like COVID impacted it. Like had COVID not happened, the Olympics and this season would have, wouldn't have happened simultaneously. Obviously the three on three team got switched up last minute. So I wonder for you how much divine timing being in the right place at the right time has factored into, to your success. Have you thought about that much? And, and, and do you, do you, I don't know, now looking back, have gratitude on how had something been slightly different, maybe the outcome would have been different. Yeah, no, I completely uh, believe in stuff like that. Just, you know, coincidence, but like, and things happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like had COVID not happened, um, I'm just not sure I would have been as successful in three on three as I was. I think, although it was kind of a negative for me at first, because obviously I gained that weight, I got out of shape, like probably a lot of people did going home. Yeah. Um, it also gave me that chance to have almost in a whole extra year to train for three on three, which if it had happened when it was supposed to happen, I wouldn't have had that, you know, we would have had the qualifiers almost right away. And our team also would not have had enough time to, to train. I mean, we had all these camps with Kara that we were like able to actually play together, train together. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I had the extra time to kind of lose the weight and be quicker for three on three. So I just think, you know, things happen for a reason. And, and thankfully, you know, what happened happened because I do believe it was kind of why I was able to be successful and why, um, you know, especially the Olympic team was successful. Right. Like even Kelsey coming back, it's like, if that was different, that, that the team again would have, would have looked different. Absolutely. You all have spoken in different interviews I've read and listened to about what kind of coach Kara is. And so I wonder if you could just elaborate again on, on her influence, not only in your success three on three, but your success as a basketball player. Yeah, she's been awesome. I mean, I knew her, I played with her in DC. Um, She actually was, I think she played one or two years. I don't remember. I think she played one was injured second, but anyway. Um, So I've known her for a little while. Um, so we're more friends first. And then obviously this coaching stuff happened. So, I mean, she's just incredible. She's an incredible person. Um, when I played with her, she was just a good vet. Like she taught me stuff. Um, I I have tried to do the same to the younger ones that I'm now like their vets, the same Mm. things that Kara has taught me or told me, I try to tell them. Um, and so now to be coached, it was kind of the same, you know, as when I played with her, she's just a natural leader. Mm -hmm. So it just was a really easy transition when it was into three on three, like the things she says, the way she says them. Um, she's just really smart. Um, 
and you could tell she has such an, a high IQ for basketball that like you believe and respect everything that comes out of her mouth. Yeah. So it was just really easy to be coached by her. And I know everyone else on the team felt the same. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was, I was honored. I was also honored to go, you know, anytime we had practices and we went to Duke, like we were able to be coached by her staff too, who are also amazing coaches. So all in all, I just think it was a really great experience. Training you're talking about with, with individual trainers or, or skills trainers, I imagine. What are you working on this off season? Any part of your game specifically that, that you're working to change, improve, grow in? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, like it's kind of a continuation of last season and la- or last off season. Um, I feel like I just started to get a little bit more comfortable with, I mean, I got a floater, which was also very good. <laughs> Helped in the last game. To win Listen, a championship. that floater came in handy. Exactly. Um, so I think it's just those things like being confident in position in a position that I'm normally not confident in or, you know, getting the ball with six seconds left and I'm, I have to go one-on-one, like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so just things like that. Like, I feel like I want to get back to being more of a post player too. Like I do feel like um, the last few years being on Chicago, Although it's been amazing, obviously, right. but I have turned into like an only pick and roll and pick and pop player. Whereas I feel like I can be helpful just on the block, like just posting up um, and right. doing those moves. So I think for me, it's just doing that, like expanding those moves, having more in my back pocket that like maybe people don't know I can do. Um, I'm surprising myself a lot in these workouts when the trainer's like, all right, do this. And I'm like, Why? You know what I mean? Like I literally was like, why am I going to do that? And he's like, just do it. And then I do it. And I'm like, Oh shit, I just did that. So it's kind of like, it's definitely a confidence builder for me when I do these workouts, because it just like shows myself that I can do them. So Uh like, why don't I do them in the game? So yeah. Yeah. You recently talked about in an interview with Kelly O'Hara on her podcast about what you're doing this off season, spending time with, with different coaches, shadowing different coaches, which is incredible. When did this idea come to you and how did you approach setting up this, this experience, this off season experience, shadowing different coaches? Um, well, I had the idea a few months ago. Um, I don't, to be honest with you, I haven't been able to do it because one, we won a championship. So our season went a bit longer than I thought. Um, <laughs> so originally I had planned on doing it during a lot of teams post or preseason. Uh-huh. Cause for me, it was going to be more about like seeing how coaches, um, have practices basically, like how yeah. do they coach their players? Um, so then we won. So we went longer than I thought. And then I took the two, three weeks that I wanted to be with my family, kind of chill. And by the time that ended, unfortunately, all the teams had started playing. So it was a little harder. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I do plan on going to UConn this weekend. Uh, I'll be there for a few days. Um, I would like to be, I asked, you know, CD and Gino if I could be in some coaches meetings to just kind of learn. So, um, and then when I get back to Chicago, I'll probably go to Wisconsin where Marissa Mosley is, maybe Ohio State. So anyway there's still an opportunity of doing that. Um, but for me, I guess the idea was just like, after I'm done playing, like, I want to coach. I feel like I could be really good at it. Um, I feel like I know the game well enough to teach it. Mm. Um, so it's just about like, again, seeing how different people coach. Like I was coached by Gino. So I kind of know how he's coached or how he coaches, 
but I'm interested to see how he coaches the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I don't know. I just thought it would be interesting. Good idea. A chance to, it's like, if I'm not going overseas, like what am I doing to one, make myself better, but also set up my future. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it would be a good idea. Still trying to do it, but still there. <laughs> Finalize the details. Did you always have the dream of being a coach post career or, or did this come to you once you were a pro? Um, I had the idea very quickly when I was in college, uh, at, at UConn, but then everyone kept telling me I should go into like broadcasting because like, they're like, you're so good at talking and you have such you a, do great have a personality. I mean, you have a yeah. great personality for broadcast. Yes. Okay. Maybe. Thank you. Not to say yet, <laughs> but thank you. Uh, I do, I clam up in front of cameras. I'm not gonna lie to you. I get really nervous. And when people are like, like broadcasting is still a bit scripted to me. Yeah. So it's like, I get nervous. It's like, you could ask me to do a speech. I'm going to vomit. <laughs> but like, if we're in like a meeting and I just casually start talking to everyone, I'm fine. Right. So I just, I feel like as I kept getting older, I'm just like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't think I'll be good at it. And I don't know if I'll enjoy it. And then, um, I don't want to say I started dating people, but I started dating these women who are coaches and I got yeah. to be around, um, a few really talented coaches being around like the, um, just the environment of coaching. And I kind of started to enjoy it. I liked teaching these girls, you know, helping if I could. Um, so yes. And I was kind of like, I feel like I could be good at this. So then I was like, maybe I should try it. The next thing I wanted your perspective on, obviously UConn player herself, Paige Beckers, you know, signing with Gatorade and, and becoming the first college athlete to do so that's history. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the college game has changed so much from, from your time playing in it. But when you saw that news, what were your thoughts on, on how, this is changing the women's game and, and going to affect the women's game at a professional level as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. Honestly, like I know Paige, uh, personally, I know her family personally, we partied at the final four, um, and obviously UConn, so got to represent, uh, but I'm just happy that I think it doesn't matter like what level, um, someone is getting recognition at, it still helps the overall sport. Right. Mm-hmm. So like Paige and all these other girls who are in college who are getting deals and getting this stuff. It's like, sure. Some of us could look at it like, wow, why aren't we getting it or why aren't whatever. But at the end of the day, it's helping women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I'm happy for Paige. I'm happy for all these college girls who are getting these deals because one, they deserve it. And two, I feel like it helps the recognition of women's basketball and showing like what a, what a following that we do have, because right. the only thing that we're going to get out of that is when Paige gets to the WNBA, we get all of her followers. Right. Right. So at the end of the day, it's, it's good publicity. It's, it's an amazing um, individual thing for Paige and all these other girls, but yeah, holistically it's, it's amazing for women's basketball. And so what's good, what's good for Paige is good for us. You know, this season, it's funny, all the critics, all the writers, myself, you know, I was covering you guys all season and there wasn't this understanding until late, you know, after you guys beat Dallas, that 
you this team really was capable of winning a championship. I mean, you saw you saw obviously what the team was capable of, but finishing 500, there was all of these outward thoughts about what you how you guys were going to finish. And a championship was not necessarily what people pegged you as accomplishing. And and then you go on this incredible run and, and make it happen. What conversations, what, what, you know, meetings, what, what work did you all put in right before the postseason and then in the postseason to actually see this come to fruition? It wasn't as simple as just puzzle pieces fitting together. I imagine like it, it was a lot of work. So I wonder what now looking back on it, what it all took to really win that um, yeah, I mean, from it was the first time I've ever, ever experienced something like it. Um, I think um, I don't even know how to explain it, really. I think it was just a realization for our team that, like, it's it's genuinely a clean slate. Like, I've been on the other teams where, like, we make the playoffs, but it's kind of, it almost feels like a continuation of the season. You know, we yeah. still kind of make the same mistakes and things happen, blah, blah, blah this was the first time it truly felt like I don't care what happened in the entire season. Everyone is O and O right now. And all we have to do is win this many games, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or beat this many teams. And I just think everyone completely bought in. Everyone listened to each other. Everyone, you know, heard opinions and, um, um, executed them. Like, Ka obviously played out of her mind. So like, that's what it takes though. You know what I mean? Like the season is a decently long season and it's hard for someone to play like that all the time. Um, and we had pieces like everyone has said in and out. And I think it just, it was a huge eye opener to everyone that the f- fifth and sixth seed were in the finals. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. we were playing the number one seat. Right. We, it was literally the fifth and sixth seed playing each other in the finals. It right. just shows that no matter what you do in the season, like if you know how much talent you really have and like you genuinely buy into it, that you have a chance to win. And yeah. I think that was the first time I've ever experienced that where everyone genuinely was like, F everything that's <laughs> happened, everyone who doesn't think that we can do it, like if we actually believe it and we do what we're supposed to do, like that we can do it. And we did it and we showed that. And the city celebrated. It's funny. Exactly. All the memes came out that the sky broke the system of like the playoff, the playoff system, like because of the fifth and sixth seed playing each uh, other in the finals, that it was because of you guys that that shifted. Obviously, as the season ended, we know changes are changes are coming to this team. And James has been so vocal about how much he he wants to bring everybody back and free agency is going to be interesting so i wonder for you are you even thinking about free agency yet like let's start there do are is that even a factor in your mind right now um i mean do i know it's it is a thing yes um have i thought about it much i can't say i have um i think there's not much i mean i don't think there's much to think about um but yeah, I've never really experienced free agency before. The one time I did, it was like a real easy. Like I had already decided that I was coming back to Chicago. Right. Um, so I think this season, I just, I've never like experienced free agency, but we just won a championship. So it's kind of hard to not, you know, 
come back. So it, it's, it's up in the air, but I haven't really thought much about it. No. Got you. So my question then in, in hearing that is, you know, as players in this league, obviously with the hard salary cap, I wonder how much players are willing to maybe take less money or, or, or work it out where you keep a championship season to get, or team together rather, because in other leagues, obviously you could pay the, the, the fine for, for going above the cap, but in the WNBA, you can't do that. So I wonder as professional athletes, if, if that's even a possibility in your mind, like, would you ever even be willing to take less money if the team you're taking less money to stay part of is worth staying part of? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it is. I, I think we've already gone up in money um, in the amount that we're paid. Right. So I feel like if you got to take a little bit of a dock to be on a good team, like I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, and because a lot of us get other money, like, you know what I mean? It's not our sole, um, source of income. So yeah, obviously everyone's different. Everyone right. makes choices for different reasons. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it does happen. I'm pretty sure there was a team a few years ago that I think they did do that. I want to say it was, I want to say it was Phoenix. Okay. Um, but I could be wrong. I just remember a few years ago thinking like, wow, how do they have all these amazing players on their team? And I think I remember it being because a few of them were like, I, we want, in order to get them on this team, I had to take however much less and they did it. So I do believe people do it and um, that people would do it to be, like you said, on a championship team, on a good team, whatever the situation is. Right. Cause like looking back at the league's history, the last back-to-back champion was in 2001, 2002. So when you think about what it takes to win back-to-back, I imagine it, it would take a bit of sacrifice. So wrapping up here, what are your thoughts? Do you want to be back in Chicago? Is that something you even want to talk about yet? Like, where are you at? Is Chicago somewhere you want to play again next season? Uh, I mean, I love Chicago. I love the city. I love the team. Um, I love the um, environment of the team. Yeah. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like the outside people, everyone who works with the team and uh, Michael, the owner, like everyone, I absolutely love everyone. Uh, so I would be joyed to come back. Obviously that's not necessarily only in my hands. So, um, you know, it's also depending on what they want. So, you know, that is up in the air. Um, I would love to come back. Um, but yeah, things happen. So we will see long off season. Uh, so, you know, conversations won't, won't start for a long time. So I honestly, like I said, I haven't thought about it, but, um, you know, it is stuff to think about in the next, I I don't know, I guess maybe three or four months. I honestly don't even know how it works. So (laughs) James might call me one day and just out of the blue, be like, Hey, we need to talk about this. I'm like, Oh my God. I haven't even thought about it. (laughs) It's funny because like Courtney is, is obviously like the huge vet that she is. And in an interview I had with her, she was like, yeah, I, w- I wasn't even really ever a free agent until, you know, maybe this year I'll, I'll be a free agent. So it's just, um, it's interesting. Loyal. I think loyalty affects the WNBA a little bit differently than it does other leagues. But my last question for you is, you know, exit interviews, obviously after a, a season where you don't win at all, I imagine that there's, lessons to be learned, things that are, are discussed, 
But after a championship season, what did you discuss in your exit interview with James? Was it just like hugs, congrats, you were great. Game four, couldn't have done it without you? <laughs> no, I mean, it was literally nothing. It was just like, so what'd you think of the, what'd you think of the season? It was like, I don't know, it was fine. Like, it was obviously good. He had the, the trophy sitting there. So it was just like, it was just so funny. I was just like, what are we talking about here, James? <laughs> like, so, I mean, yeah, it was pretty basic. You just talk about the team. We talk about, you know, good, the bad. There's always things to fix. And yeah. even in a championship season, like there's always going to be kinks that every team goes through. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you're just pretty vocal about the good, the bad, the ugly, the championship. Like, you know what I mean? It's just all over the place. But it was definitely different than a losing season. Let me say that. Much more positive than negative. Winning a gold medal and a championship in one season. Could you ever have predicted it? Uh, no. Definitely not. I would not have predicted it at all. But I'm glad it happened. I mean, yeah. And then we'll put New Year's Eve. It'll be a banger. So and it with a bang. Yeah. I think everybody's got to know how you spend your New Year's is because if this is what happened, it's like, how did you manifest this? It was an incredible year. Congrats to you on it. And, and thank you as always for your time. I appreciate you not only giving your time to me, but, but to our podcast, Equal Play. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.